there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! There are a few Australians flying around today in the Scottish football transfer market and an Australian has flown mm. into the GRFS studio. I'll explain that one later, Craig. To give us the benefit mm. of his expertise, Craig Moore mm. is here. Yeah, I, Rob, good to good to be in off season. Is there ever such thing as an off season? I don't think I don't think it ever stops really, does never, it? Never, never, ever, ever. Well, the football's certainly not stopping at the moment and uh, you do get the feeling the transfer market is about to take off as well. A lot of activity today, a couple of Australians in the news, but it's Hibs and Hearts who've been uh, doing business and we'll get Craig's thoughts on uh, what they are doing, who they've brought in. Um, we'll also talk uh, about Scotland, of course. Scotland got the win they wanted at Hamden last night. It's going to Take a while to heal the pain of last week's World Cup letdown, but at least Stevie Clark and his team made a winning beginning to their UEFA Nations League campaign. A 2-0 win against Armenia. Going on more like 3 or 4-0, Craig. You watched a bit of it yeah. last night. Yeah, look, I mean, after the disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup, uh, it's very important to to bounce back uh, and to put in a really good performance. And I felt that from the very first uh, minute, you know, Scotland started this game extremely well. Um, they moved the ball uh, about quickly, which for me was really important, especially when you're coming up against a team that's going to sit deep um, and really look to try and just counter-attack. But, you know, Scotland, they moved the ball well. There were some good performances. The early, the early goal kind of helps, Rob. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, it becomes quite a, a comfortable Victory for Scotland and a, and a really good performance with a team that had, I think, what, five, six changes? Six changes, yeah. And here's Stevie Clark echoing what you've just said. The way we approached the game, the speed of the ball, uh, took up the right positions against a very defensive team. We, we knew we'd have to work hard to break them down. That's what we did. We kept trying the right thing at the right time and eventually we got the goals. Yeah, they were hounding them for the ball, swarming around them, pressuring them right from the start. And the mistakes came from Armenia and uh, had Scotland got a bit of luck maybe and maybe with a little bit better finishing it could easily have been four or five easily and, and, and nobody would have blinked uh, an eyelid would have they you know Robertson has the shot goalkeeper makes a good save um, I, you know, I felt that um, that Armstrong and, and Christie I think playing on playing on the fringes looked mm. really dangerous. Um, you know, and Armstrong for the for the first uh, the cross for the Ralston's first goal it was good mm. good header as well but mm. fantastic ball so I think that the balance and, and like I said, the players there that were creative and in those forward areas were trying to be positive. And I think that that was the difference. It also helps, like I say, when you get those those early goals, Rob. Mm. It looks like a better system. It looks like Scotland are more comfortable with that system rather than the front two, which I think backfired um, mm. last week. I think if Stevie Clark had his time over again, I, I don't think he would do that against Ukraine. 
that's a hard one, isn't it? Because you cast our minds back to the Euros when uh, they went one up top against the the Czech Republic, and everyone was saying that you got to play two <laughs> yeah, up top. I know. Uh, you, you can't. You can't mate, win. You, can, you can't win. Uh, you know what? What you need uh, is when, when you have um, you know these kind of games and you're quite dominant. Is that you've got good support around about whatever striker or strikers you have, and and I think that with this formation, you touch on the word balance, Rob, and and I, and I think you're probably right. You know, they had good bodies around about areas where you needed to have bodies. Uh, you know, good combination play when balls got delivered into the box. Most importantly, there were numbers for Scotland in there. Um, they had to shift it quickly because Armenia weren't going to offer a great deal no. and were sitting quite deep. So, look, it was a really, really good performance because yeah, international football, professional footballers, you need to bounce back immediately after a setback. It was six changes, uh, as you say. It was a whole new back three uh, last night and there was a first start for Tony Ralston uh, just when you thought his season couldn't get any better after winning the title in the League Cup with Celtic and really turning his career around. He's a player reborn. Uh, first start for Scotland, first goal. I can't really remember what it felt like, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a bit of a blur, but it feels amazing. You know, it's, it's again, it's, it's a proud moment. Um, I've worked very hard um, to, you know, get an opportunity and... Um, I'm delighted I'm able, able to you know, help the team in a positive way get the opening goal to set us on our way to, to, to have a good game He's just a really good player isn't he Tony, Tony Ralston and uh, Ange Postacoglu will take a lot of the credit for almost rediscovering him mm-hmm. as a player just when it looked just when I'm sure he thought that maybe his Celtic days were, were going to be over quite the opposite really a great, great goal really good header I heard Ali McCoyce last night referring to it as a striker's finish, yeah. a nice little header back across the goalkeeper. But his all-round play, I mean, everything he did had just confidence oozing out of it. Just looks comfortable, Rob. You know, it's a position now that he knows extremely well. Um, he's a good athlete, which is um, really important for that type of position. He knows when to get get forward and support. And at the same time, you know, he can, he can do his defensive duties and, and do them quite well. Wearing the number 23. I'm not sure whether he thinks he's uh, potentially going to be the next David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> nah, jokes here. Nah, he, look, he's done really well. I mean, to get your your first start for Scotland, um, and Coist is right and, and knows very, very well. It, it looked a very simple header. Mm. Um, but again, it was. It was textbook. It was, you know, back across goal, which you hear people say time and time again, looked so simple. Yeah. Um, but he puts himself in those positions. He's had a He's had a great season and... Again, I think in a in a, a position where O'Donnell has played for for quite some time for the mm. Scottish national team, but clearly we can see now that there are better options. Yeah, and it's and and there's great competition. There is going to be ongoing for quite maybe for the next ten years or so. It's going to be Nathan Patterson uh, versus Tony Ralston, yep. and maybe worth a mention as well coming up on the stand side, Calvin Ramsey, who yeah. looks a really promising player. He's only 18. He's uh, en route to to Liverpool. That's a deal that, that sounds like it's going to be done in the next few days once all the the T's are crossed mm-hmm. and the I's are are dotted. But yeah. but there's another. Uh, player, I mean, if he continues the the progress, startling progress that he made last season, then then he's going to be a contender in that position as well. You look at you look at Scotland now in, in fullback areas on both sides. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, it's incredible the depth um, and competition that you will now have, and you, you touch on it. You know, five, ten years, uh, that competition is still going to be there. Um, for Ramsey, I think I think the the important thing is touch on his age, being eighteen years of age. The most important thing at that age is playing football matches. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure that is something that's being thought about in the background of whatever happens that 
most important thing is he's he's looking to to be able to play 30, 40 games again next season because then we'll see a serious, serious player. Mm. And, and that is the concern, isn't it? When you're 18 and you've had a, you've had a good half season at Aberdeen, he, he probably played about maybe 30, 35 games in total. Um, what happens at Liverpool? You know, he, get, he gets the best of coaching, the best of everything. Um, well, is he going to be part of their under-23 team? Do they loan him out somewhere else, somewhere somewhere in England? Yeah. But what's it, what's really important, as you say, is that he just keeps playing. Has, has to play. I mean, you again, I, I look, when I when I first arrived, um, after a long time in Australia, you look at Doig at, at Hibs, come through as a 17, 17-year-old and kind mm. of played a lot of games. Um, it doesn't always... You know, head in in the direction that you want mm. uh, in terms of that progression, um, but absolutely you must you must play matches. And I'd go as far to say that under twenty threes for his development still won't cut it. Mm. Uh, he needs to be playing against men. Needs to be playing senior football. So I would look. I would I would guess that they're going to get him out on loan um, and, and definitely at a level where he can continue that development. Mm. The fee that's being spoken about is around about three and a half, four million pounds yeah. for, for starters. There's going to be all sorts of add-ons, of course, Liverpool first-team appearances down the line, maybe Scotland appearances yep. later on as well. But it, it does sound a, a much smaller fee. I mean, he's not as high profile as Nathan Patterson, mm -hmm. but if we think that Patterson's was around about 16 million to, to Everton, should Aberdeen, be, should Aberdeen be getting more than that? Again, Rob, we don't really know what those incentives uh, look like in, in terms of those triggers. Mm. Uh, you know, if you signed a five or six year contract, for example, mm. um, and and you've got you know four or five uh, triggers, uh, then then it starts to get up to to probably the, the 10, 12 million anyway. Let's mm. be honest. Mm. Um, you know, as uh, Patterson, who again didn't play, you know, loads of first team football, but he had broken in and probably made that impact at international senior level. So that does carry more weight and value, in, in my opinion. Uh, but look, it'll, it'll certainly get to a decent level. And I think what the, the, the market has shown is that there's very good players in Scotland uh, and, and that the Scottish clubs have, have now got, got, got a strong position, I believe, Rob, to be able to, you know, to, to, to get the right price mm. for their players. And, and the, the incentive is, is to keep playing those younger players and develop them. And the opportunities, uh, I guess, where the real money is down south, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, is is going to be there. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The big clubs who maybe uh, in recent years have given Scotland a bypass and, and they've looked yeah. elsewhere are now coming here because, you know, when you discover one yeah. big talent, then clubs come back looking for other similar talents. Yeah, and there's a thing that um, is called Brexit that, that, that <laughs> kind of happened as well. Yeah. You yeah. know, And that, that's, that's had a massive impact. Um, which is positive, in my opinion, for, for Scottish football because now the, you know, the English clubs are having to look uh, closer to home because of um, the regulations. So that opens up a, you know, a, a lot of doors and big opportunities for the Scottish clubs. Mm. It's interesting what you say that, isn't it? So when you think about Patterson, Ralston, Ramsey in the background, he's not there yet, but uh, you know, maybe in the next year or so, he might be part of that Scotland squad as well. Three players for that right wing back position and then on the other side you've got Andy Robertson you've got Aaron Hickey who can play right or left but but certainly he plays left for Bologna yeah. uh, he could be on the move to England uh, in the summer as well from from what we hear and and you've got Kieran Tierney who who can could play that position but but tends to play uh left of the three yeah, yeah. look it's incredible and especially even like the left side you touch on Hickey having that that 
versatility, uh, if you like. He can, he can, it seems as if he can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very rare that you get um, the amount coming through at the same time. Um, you know, I think Tierney and Robertson, like, you just have to find uh, positions for both of them mm. because of, of the quality. And that's where the back three came from for Scotland, was to, to get both of them in. Yeah, and, and, and like, yeah, Tierney obviously played a couple of times, didn't he, as a left side of centre half of, yeah. of a three with, with Arsenal, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, he comes in and does a great job. He's a, he's a great competitor. The size is not a factor for him because he's, he's such an honest player. Uh, but at the same time, he, he loves to he loves to get forward, and and Clark's done a wonderful job because again they, they've combined well. Now Scotland might be in the same situation moving forward on the right hand side. Mm, that's right, yeah, and and of course the, the the whole back three was different. I mean, for years we were talking about where's a good quality centre back. We don't have any good quality centre backs yeah. in the Scotland team. Suddenly against Ukraine, you had McTominay, Hanley, and Cooper. Mm-hmm. Last night you'd Suter, Hendry, and McKenna. McKenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, you, you mentioned a number of names and it's great in terms of the selection for central defenders. Personally, I'm taking McTominay out of that mm-hmm. um, because I, I I think I said last, start of last year, the big games, the high-pressure games, the higher level, unfortunately, I think he'll cost you mm-hmm. uh, because he's not he's not a defender. You know, he, he's, he's great in the middle of the park where he, ha- he has that support or back up behind him because you can go and try and win things and if it does bypass you, you've still got another line. You don't have that luxury as a as a, as a defender. And, you know, the second goal against Ukraine, which was really the... the that's the killer goal. That's the killer goal. Yeah. That's the killer goal. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not it's it's not a, a negative in terms of... McTominay's a fantastic player. You don't mm. play at Manchester United without being a, a great player. But I feel for him a little bit because I just don't feel as if uh, uh, central defence... Um, that was his best position mm-hmm. and it's probably something now that Scottish fans will, will remember for some time in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, we, we, we remember mistakes, don't we? Yeah. Does that feel to you then like an experiment that's finally failed? Stevie Clark's gone with it for a while, mm-hmm. but he's, he's been culpable uh, for a couple of big goals and big games and, and that's the end of it now. I would think so. I would think so, but just because of the 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 list of names that, that we touched on there, Rob. You know the guys who can defend better than them. That are nat- naturally yeah. that that's they have that, the instinct. That, that's their position, yeah. and there's four or five of them that um, have progressed and, and developed nicely. That have shown that they can they can handle um, pressure at, at senior national team level. Mm-hmm. They're playing at, at a good level in terms of their domestic football. So I think Scotland are also are, are really well covered now in the central defensive positions. Does McTominay get into your midfield then? For Scotland, if he's not in the back three, I mean, I, I know. He, I mean, he's he's been one of the better Man United players this season in a yeah. really shaky season. Ah, that's a good point, though. Uh, he's been one of the better ones mm-hmm. in a let's really, really poor Manchester mm. United team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. And and but who do you leave out? You know, does do you do you leave out Billy Gilmore? And you know, Callum McGregor ain't going to be left out. That's for certain. So if you're talking about two central midfielders in the team, mm-hmm. um, is it McTominay? Is it Gilmore? I, th- I think at this moment in time, um, I would I would have Billy Gilmore in there. I would have uh, McGinn in there. Uh, for me, at this moment in time, I wouldn't I wouldn't be having McTominay as the the, the second defensive central midfielder. But um, again, that's not because he's uh, a poor player. No. Uh, it's just that I feel is at the moment there's there's probably players that are that are riding that wave a little bit better in terms of where they're at personally in, in terms of their confidence, in terms mm. of the level that they're playing. And I think, Rob, national team football, international team football, sorry, is is not about reputation. No. 
it, it's about um, it's about form. It mm. should be about form. And uh, how you fit into the system and, as well. And how you fit into the system. Yeah. Because on the face of it, you know, how could you... Po- it's a bit like find, f- getting Tierney and Robertson into the same team. Yeah. How, how can you leave out Scott McTominay because he's operating at such a high level? But then you have to look at how he fits in, what he does, what he contributes, how the team operates with him in it. Yeah, yeah. Balance is, yeah. is, is so important and... These are the big decisions that the, mm. the, the, the managers um, that they need to make. And like I said, I think I think Steve Clark's done a, an amazing job mm. for Scotland. I, I really do. Um, and it's never an easy place to, to be in because you know every time you're, I, I guess you're, you're picking a starting eleven. You know, there's probably two or three where you, you know, oh, should it, should it be him mm. or should it be him? Uh, but at the same time, I think in terms of the respect and the team harmony and keeping everybody on side. That that honesty is is really really important, you know. That like I says, it's not reputation; it's form that gets you that starting position. Yeah, and in the in the Scottish football scene, he knows he's going to get plenty of people telling him what to do and how to do the job, whether he wants to listen to them or not. I don't think he listens uh, too much, to be perfectly honest. Um, he was asked uh, after the match last night about recovery uh, from that big disappointment last week and lifting it. Uh, for the game against Armenia professional athletes I've, I've mentioned it before professional athletes professional footballers you, you have to move on you can't think about the last one you have to think about the next one the next one for us was the first game of the Nations League campaign we want to have a good campaign and tonight was a good start he does uh, speak a lot of sense doesn't he he's just the calm head you want when everybody's in panic stations as yeah. we all were on the back of last week because you only get a chance every four years to qualify for a World Cup that's gone now for Scotland and you have to move on and you have to look at the next target and it seems like a long way off at the moment yeah, yeah. but winning a few games at the start of the Nations League campaign is certainly what you're after to, to get into the sort of position uh, in which you can think about qualifying Look, it's a, it's a great tonic, um, and look, Clark, Clark, Steve Clark is a, a fantastic motivator, uh, in my opinion. Uh, he also, you know, he, he he makes changes when he when he needs to make changes. But that look, that motivation of of disappointment uh, is something that can drive you on to, to great things. I mean, I know it might be cliche, Rob, but any any form of greatness it, it, it normally comes on the back of failure, you know, or or you know, failed attempts. Uh, and you got to keep you got to keep going. You got to keep improving. You've got to you've got to use that to to, to drive you on to, to bigger and better things and and that's where he's coming from uh, and again the perfect start in terms of the the UEFA Nations League um, group stages yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that that was exactly the way that he would have wanted the the team to start it was a professional performance it could have easily been four or five um, and 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 now it's again it's just rhythm and it's moving forward you you, you can't you can't look back for too long. You're listening to Craig Moore and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. We're talking Scotland. We're also talking transfers. Fair bit happening today, uh, but all is quiet so far. It won't continue for Celtic and Rangers. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Cheers, Chris. Thanks for the update. And uh, Chris back in about 20 minutes. If anything changes, even if it doesn't change, um, he'll be back. It's Rob McLean and Craig Moore on the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, we are foreshortened at the moment, if that be the right word. Uh, we're doing an hour, five till six, until we get back to the full thing. And it won't be far away, Craig. No. Um, once we get through all the, the transfer stuff, which will take off shortly, you would imagine, for Rangers and Celtic. It's already taking off for quite a few clubs, uh, including Hearts 
and Hibs Falkirk have been doing a few deals today as well in, in League One they look as if they're uh, ready to try and blast back out of um, League One uh, so we're talking transfers um, getting some uh, inside information shortly but let's continue for the moment our chat about Scotland on the back of 2-0 last night against Armenia and uh, we've got Gordon from Tartan Scarf uh, with us right now on the show Gordon how are you? Hi Rob, I'm good thanks, good thanks, how are you? Yeah, very well. Um, were you, did that warm the cockles of your heart last night at Hamden? You know, it did, it did. I mean, obviously last Wednesday was so desperately disappointing and I think off the back of that, you know, the tempo had to be right, the attitude, the intensity had to be right and importantly, the result had to be right. And I think it was. I mean, you and I have both seen enough Scotland games of labouring to late panicked wins against teams that will just sit in and defend. So I think you can't take for granted a second half played at a stroll and seeing it a win in comfort and relaxation. You know, let's, let's not take that for granted. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And, and as I was saying to Craig uh, just in the in the first bit of the show, um, really uh, a, a scoreline which would have accurately reflected the game, I think would have been probably 4 or 5 nil. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, obviously we had we had one ruled out for a very marginal offside call for VAR. Their, their goalkeeper made at least two really, really outstanding saves from McGinn and Robertson and others. So yeah, it, it easily could have been more. It wasn't, but it was a very comfortable win. And we move on. And you know, we all know how important the Nations League is. We win this group. We're seeded second for the next Euros qualifying. Finish second in that. You've qualified automatically. No worry about playoffs whatsoever. Does that sound straightforward enough for you, Craig? Just win win games of football, and yeah, you're in a really exactly. good position, Gordon. Exactly. Yeah. How did you? Uh, so, how did you feel with the changes in terms of the way that that looked last night, and and the, and the balance that it gave the team? Were you were you happy with that? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was excellent. I mean, I think often you know when you when you go from one game to the next and you change most of the defence, that mm-hmm. sometimes can be a concern. You know, like that back five, only Andy Robertson was the only survivor. But then it's hard to really judge that in a game of that style because the, the defence didn't do much defending. I mean, mm-hmm. their average positions was probably more on the halfway line. Yeah. But I thought in terms of the way they brought the ball out, they progressed the ball, they managed to play, connect with the midfield was very impressive. A lot of the debate after last week has been, do we persist with that three at the back with if Kieran Tierney's not in it? Well, McKenna, Suter, Hendry, they were excellent at bringing the ball out. So mm-hmm. I think they, they can have success if Kieran Tierney's not in that back three. This is uh, Stevie Clark from last night, uh, Gordon, speaking about Andy Robertson. It was important to refresh it. It was also important for the boys that, that played last week and, and went to go again. I've got to mention the captain. I thought he was outstanding. He was outstanding in the dressing room before the game, but himself, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, leaders, taking us onto the pitch in a, in a good frame of mind and three good performances. But I thought the caption, the captain tonight was exceptional. Yeah, I was, I was in the commentary with um, on the highlights last night with Neil McCann, and I was suggesting at one point that if there was a heat map for Andy Robertson, it would be just about in flames because he was, he almost ran himself into the ground last night, and he clearly felt Gordon that he'd, you know, he, he wanted to deliver on the back of what for him last Wednesday night um, was well below par. Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, but but I think I think you see that attitude across the side you know the three players named there you know McGregor McGinn Robertson they're all now they've all now played together for 20, 30, 40 caps so I mean that team mentality and that intensity and they've gotten used to winning together most importantly you know this past year they've won more games than they haven't so 
that that's that's the standards they've set, and that's exactly what they want to get back to. I mean, some people are a bit underwhelmed. I think about the, the result. You know, I've seen some people saying today, "Wait, wait a minute! It was Armenia. Yeah. You know, they're ninety second in the world." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I watched a fair chunk of their game at the weekend um, against Ireland when mm-hmm. they when they when they when they when they beat the Republic of Ireland, yeah. and, and they they looked a pretty solid professional team. So I was really impressed uh, last night, Craig, with with you know just how they got at Armenia yeah. right from the start. Yeah, and, and that was the most important thing, Rob. Look, at the end of the day, you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah? And, and Armenia, technically, uh, they're comfortable on the ball. Okay, they they, they didn't really uh, want to have a, a go at Scotland and they w- wanted to play on the counter. But at the same time, Scotland needed to start the game in, in the right the right manner by moving the ball quickly. Gordon touches on the, the three centre-halves basically on the halfway oh. line. That's important as well because you need to, to keep them pinned in. Um, you know, we touched on Robertson. Um, and also McGregor, winning mentality. You know, players that just, you know that every game that you play is a must-win game. Uh, and when you're under that pressure and you're used to delivering, and then the influence that you can then have on the, on the rest of the team, for me, is crucial. Uh, it really is, because that then becomes a huge, huge driving force. Uh, but like I said, you can only beat what's in front of you, and tempo and purpose early in, in, in any match is crucial, and Scotland showed that, and that's why it became a comfortable victory, but a very good one. Here's the manager on the impact of Tony Ralston. Great to score a goal in your debut for Scotland. Eh? I, I thought he was good, came into the game. I had no, I had no real doubts about uh, Tony because he plays for Celtic. They come up against opposition that sit in and defend and, and make it difficult for them, so I knew he would find the right positions on the pitch, and certainly when he got the goal, it was definitely the right position. It's interesting that, isn't it? It wasn't just a case of pitching Tony Ralston in last night, Gordon, because it was his turn uh, and he got himself a first start. Uh, Stevie Clark sensed because of the way he plays for Celtic and, and the way Celtic play that he was going to fit into that game against a team with a with a back five or sometimes a back seven. Uh, he was going to fit in uh, absolutely in the right place. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 also I think the other the other thing that Steve Clark does quite well is that he builds his side incrementally. I mean, obviously this isn't the first squad that Anthony Ralston has been part of in the last year. He's been in squads, he's been in training, and now he's earned his opportunity to start a game, and he took it massively last night. I thought he was phenomenally impressive. His the way his link up, his positioning, his crossing was good. He ran himself into the ground. He scored a very very good goal, and what an incredible situation we have now that obviously Andy Robertson, Nathan Patterson, you know, Aaron Hickey, Anthony Ralston, like what an incredible set of fullbacks we've now yeah, got that we can call upon whoever's available. Yeah, and just talk we were we were talking a, a bit earlier too about Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen who's probably not not too far behind and, and might be about to make big strides forward as a Liverpool player as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. It it's just it, it's a certainly really exciting time because, you know, it's so good to have so many different options and especially when you've got so many games in a short space of time. You know, we obviously go to Dublin on Saturday mm. and then Yerevan the following Tuesday. We need to be able to use a squad and I think we've got a real deep squad of players now that we can all call upon whenever whenever they're needed. Yeah, I think, Craig, the, the team selection is interesting, isn't it? For It's going to be interesting for Ireland on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, and then in Yerevan against Armenia on the Tuesday and, and, I, and I think Stevie Clark has gone into it uh, you know, wanting to win all these games, obviously, but but 
looking to use the squad properly as well, starting last night. So even though yeah. people are saying, great, the back three were great last yeah. night, let's just, you can't really leave them out. Let's go with the same back three in Dublin. Yeah. He might make changes just because of the, the intensity of the games at, at three in a week. Yeah, you're exactly right. Three in a week, you know, you're talking three games in a space of six days. Yeah, um, and that 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 takes its toll. Um, there's no reason why uh, on the on the the basis of what the match that's just passed against Armenia, you could go with the same back three because they wouldn't have been stretched too much mm. uh, physically uh, because it was total it was total domination. But you know, when then you take the the, the bigger the bigger picture, um, you know, the three games in the, in the six days. Um, Ireland probably be, being the, the the bigger game uh, in terms of you know what you might be up against uh, away from home. So again, we touch on Steve Clark and the important decisions that you're going to continually make as a manager, and he'll bal- he'll balance that the way that he sees best. But I think the important thing is is that momentum is still there. Mm. You know, it's it's again you need another positive performance. Um, the way of playing, I think now a lot of people look at is is, is what really draws people and supporters to the to the game. You know, it can't be a boring nil-nil, one-nil. Nil. No. Uh, and, and I think that what we've seen against Armenia was, was very positive and Scottish fans, and I'm sure Steve Clark and the players will want to deliver that the next two rounds as well. Did you see the size of the crowd? I was looking today, uh, Gordon, to see what the what the numbers were because I was really pleasantly surprised because a few minutes from kickoff, I was looking around thinking there's quite a lot of empty seats and then they just didn't sort of fill in double quick time. And, and actually, on a horrible night at Hamden in terms of the weather, uh, it looked quite a decent turnout. Yeah, I believe they announced at the end it was just over 38,000, which, yeah. like you Good. said, given the impact of the game last week, the weather, and then obviously the sort of assorted travel chaos for travelling yeah. across the country midweek, yeah. you know, that's a phenomenally impressive turnout last night. Yeah. What would you like to see finally uh, from you, Gordon, uh, in terms of team selection? Anything you particularly want to see Saturday in the team? So I think I still haven't seen enough of guys like guys like Jacob Brown. He's been around camps a few times. He's only been limited to a handful of minutes here and there. Ross Stewart only coming on for the last five minutes last night as well. I'd like to see him get more of a run. But I think look, the, the most important thing now is that we have to become the kind of team that take advantage of other teams' woes. And Ireland are not in a good place right now. They've never won in the Nations League. Their recent performances and results have not been good. This is exactly the kind of game we have to go on Saturday and go and win and go and take advantage of their situation because that of the importance that has for us of winning this group and, like I said earlier, getting to the next Euros. This is, that's the path we're on right now. Gordon, good to have you on the show. Good to talk to you as ever. All the best and we'll speak to you soon. Pleasure, mate. Thanks. That's Gordon from Tartan Scarf. Um, just pointing the way forward and explaining very succinctly what these games mean uh, in terms of uh, looking further down the line but we're not really looking any further than Saturday mm. at the moment and it, and it is that going for the jugular which Scotland did last night against yeah. Armenia they sensed the weaknesses they and they and they went for them right from the start and they have to do that against the Republic of Ireland team at the weekend I mean you were saying uh, you you were saying that's a more difficult game than than Yerevan. I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I I mean, Armenia obviously beat Ireland last last weekend, yeah, yeah. and and I think Ireland are all over the shop at the moment. You look at their team, you know, they don't really have any obvious dangers, but mm-hmm. but Scotland just have to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, and the reason why I think potentially uh, Rob is is it'll be a harder game. Is I think it'll be more of an arm wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously their confidence is that low. And again, Ireland being Ireland, one thing they will deliver is a fight. 
You know, they'll, they'll be competitive. Um, and, and that that at times can be hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be a different type of game to what it would be um, in the, the follow-up game against Armenia where it, it'll be a little bit more passive, in my opinion, in terms of players having time and space on the ball. This is going to be hammer and tong. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Gordon raises a really good point. Ireland have, have never won a... A game uh, in this in this mm. group stage or mm. in this UEFA Nations League, which is incredible, but that at the same time can can be motivation. So Scotland sure. definitely they definitely need to be at it. Um, they'll know exactly um, you know what they need to do to go and get the right result. But starting positively uh, again, I can't emphasise how important that is. Okay, let's talk transfers. Uh, Kai Rolls uh, has gone to Hearts today Lewis Nielsen's gone to Hearts as well the 19 year old whose uh, contract has run down at Dundee United he's decided not to stay there he's gone to Hearts instead um, he's got a fair bit of experience for one so young I think he could be uh, a good signing apart from the fact he shares the same surname as the manager at Hearts but tell me about Kai Rowles and what he's going to bring to Hearts he's, he's just uh, won his first Australian caps hasn't he? Bread Rolls he's known as Bre- <laughs> Bre- Bread Rolls yeah Kai, Rolls. Kai Rolls um I'm pleased to say it's my first deal that I've done mm-hmm. in, well done. in in Scotland. Yeah, so I managed to, you know, to to get the deal done with Kai coming over to to Hearts for three years. Left-sided central defender, Rob. Um, he just made his his uh, starting debut with the senior national team in a, a two-one win over UAE. Um, there's one game left against Peru for World Cup qualification. But I've known Kai since he's been ten years of age, um, and and kind of been fortunate enough to to watch his his journey. Um, he was with Brisbane when I was a sporting director uh, at the time mm-hmm. and we, we allowed him to leave um, because felt that it was probably good for him to get away from home. Um, he enjoyed the beach a little bit when he was a kid and mm-hmm. I think just going away from home and having to do it a little bit tough. Well, he's got Portobello but, Beach now, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. So he went away, you know, and he, he worked really, really hard at his game and, um, you know, for the last two or three seasons at Central Coast Mariners, He's been an absolute standout. Um, he's played over 100 games now um, at senior level. He's 23, um, he'll be 24 uh, coming up, actually, uh, not too far away. He's ready for the next step, next step Rob. But left-sided, left-footed, cent- mm-hmm. central defender, which they're rare, they're rare. So mm-hmm. I think he'll come come here and, 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 and do a really, really good good job. I know that Hearts are, are quite excited um, by, by getting him over here uh, and I certainly think that they'll see his better years in terms of his football. And obviously they've, they've already done well with the likes of Atkinson and Devlin. They know the uh, market. Two Australians, so... Yeah, yeah. They, know the, they know the market well um, and to be honest with you, Rob, more and more Scottish clubs um, are wanting to know more and more about the Australian market. Mm. Um, you know, because Lewis Miller is another one that's come from the same club. He's yeah, he's got and he's going to Hibs. Central Coast Mariners, yeah, yeah. he's gone to to Hibs. So he's a he's a really aggressive running, athletic right fullback. Um, he's had a he's had a breakout season, and he was actually um, he signed a pre contract with Macarthur. Um, so he was actually leaving the Mariners. Obviously, Hibs liked what they've they've seen, and again he'll be you know at twenty two years of age. He's in the the young. Um, the Olympic squad, the under twenty three squad national mm. team, he's another kid with a with a bright future. So look, there's there's maybe going to be another one or two uh, mm. Australian players that will make their way across. But um, it is a good market. Mm. They do, in my opinion, and have always 
translated to, to, to come over here and, and do well in this type of league. Is that a deal that Lee Johnson will have done because he's just in the door at Hibs or, or is that that Lewis Miller deal? Is that one that will have been brewing for a while? Mm. So actually that's the recruitment department at Hibs um, and Lee Johnson just has to believe that they are bringing the right players in. Look, I believe with the, the, the Lewis Miller situation that Lee Johnson has been a, a, across this mm. uh, situation. Um, so uh, again, yeah, it's down to the club have maybe pursued an option that the the, the coach, the, the incoming coach, it, it was quite happy about. Mm-hmm. So no, no, they, I mean, in, term, in terms of their recruitment, it's not as if like now Lee Johnson has got a player that um, that, that he wasn't after or, or mm. wasn't looking to use. I think the flip side, it was um, McGinn signed a, or had a trigger uh, of, of an extension. Mm. Paul McGinn. Paul yeah. McGinn. Yeah. Uh, and now he's in a position where... Yeah. They've signed another right fullback, so yeah. he, he's probably the one that's that, that's in a, a little bit um, do a stick or twist. Yeah, that's a funny one that because he's just he's just extended uh, that as you say the trigger in his contract, and uh, now it seems he's going to be looking for uh, another club. Uh, so Lewis Miller is signed for Hibs. Rocky Bashiri is back. He was on loan last season. Uh, that now is a permanent deal. And a young Gambian striker, he's 20, Mamadou Bojang has signed for Hibs as well. So there's lots been happening uh, in the capital today. Lewis Nielsen and uh, Kai Rolls, otherwise known as Bread Rolls, uh, <laughs> is a Hearts player. We'll be talking more transfers after the break and more Scotland as well. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! The talking goes on on the Go Radio Football Show, even during the breaks. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe uh, some of the subject matter we get into. Um, all perfectly above board, of course, but we were, yeah. No, we're not, we don't have time uh, to, to digress, really. Because what I would, did want to talk to you about, Craig, uh, one of the more unlikely stories of the last couple of days, uh, Tam Courts of Dundee United yeah. is apparently being targeted by the Croatian team Rijeka. By the way, very left field. Yeah. Very left field, uh, I thought. I mean, look, Rijeka at, at a very good club uh, in the Croatian league. Croatian league is is, is normally about developing players um, to, to then go and sell to, to the bigger countries, um, which has been happening for many, many years. Mm. I guess a compliment to Tam Courts here, Rob, is that, that they see that he's done a very good job at Dundee United in, in terms of, you know, the younger players that have come into the team. Yeah. Um, um, you know, he come up, come from the academy, so he had a good understanding of who those players were, and more importantly, they've um, they've transitioned well to the first team, uh, and had positive seasons. So that's something I'm sure Rijeka have gone. Oh, okay, that's that's something that we would like to do. That's something that is important in this country and our mm. football club. I just found it a little bit left field. Yeah, you know, I mean, Croatia produce uh, and will continue to produce unbelievable. Um, players that will go on and, and I think the last 10 years has been a Croatian player that has won the Champions League every single year yeah. um, such is their talent mm, yeah. such is their talent but it doesn't always run smoothly in terms of the mm. league uh, in terms of behind the scenes yeah I mean they were, they were fourth I think in the Croatian League last season so they're, they're, they're a top team uh, Tom Courts has had one season uh, as a frontline uh, football football manager after all, all his yeah. academy I mean you know, good luck to him if if that comes off. And of course, if it does come off, then suddenly there'll be a situation vacant 
at uh, a club that are not just returning to Scottish football after the break, returning to European, European. football as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I don't know whether this, this, you know, the discussions are... I think Dundee and I have maybe just said that he's open to have those discussions. So, again, it's probably just a lot a lot to be done before that would actually happen. But you're right. I mean, Dundee United, Rob, um, if Tam Courts were to leave, would be a, a, an exciting proposition to a lot of coaches. Mm. You oh, know? yeah. They would definitely uh, feel as if they can go in there um, and, and you would need to make an impact and, and look to improve upon last season, which was a very, very good one. Mm. Uh, but, you know, to have, have European football, um, certainly something to build on and, and a very exciting job. Yeah. All is quiet at the moment in terms of Celtic and Rangers in the transfer market, of for course. Now. For, <laughs> for now. now. Well, exactly. You know, uh, that's surely going to kick off shortly. And, and we do get the feeling that Celtic behind the scenes are putting all the pieces in place to make sure that Cameron Carter-Vickers and, and Jota uh, are Celtic players uh, permanently mm-hmm. for, from next season. It does seem as if those are being done. There might be. But there will, Celtic, we've, we've spoken about this over the last couple of weeks on the show, uh, that Celtic are actually potentially thin in central defence, even though they do get Cameron Carter-Vickers. Mm-hmm. Carl Starfelt got injured with Sweden the, the other week, okay. a hamstring. I'm sure he'll be okay for the start of the season. But aside from those two, if we assume Julian's going and it, and, and it mm-hmm. does look as if he has surplus to requirements, then it's pretty much the front, the, those first choice centre-backs. Uh, Stephen Welsh, Welsh is, is Welsh. still there. Yeah, but there. but, but they, just... they need cover. They, they need uh, quality cover, don't they? Especially when they're going to be playing in the Champions League. Yeah, it, it, but it, sometimes it's funny, isn't it, Rob, where, you know, where we think sometimes from the outside, you, you know, they they lack depth there. And then mm. all of a sudden they go strengthen in, in other areas. Mm. Uh, so it, it is interesting, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, when you when you start to... Celtic's job next season is is to show that they're, they're able to improve in Europe. Yeah. Because domestic... Uh, title and, and cup mm. is an incredible season you yeah know, and, they, they, and they could take the same squad into that yeah, and potentially do the same again yeah incredible first season um, for, for Ange obviously um, but disappointed um, well extremely disappointing mm. in Europe yeah so well, that 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 for me is the improvement that Celtic and I'm sure their fans will want to see for, for next season mm. um, you know plus you still want to be successful in, in the domestic stuff but I, I think Rangers also you know have got a not a challenge but there was disappointment in terms of the lack of spend mm. uh, or investment in the in the team for, yeah. the, for probably for the last three transfer windows. Well, and and it's the January transfer window yeah. certainly fell flat, didn't yeah. it? Because there were just two loans, and neither had a major impact. So I I, I believe that Rangers will be uh, really looking to to make an impact this season, um, you know, and probably look to to bring in. Certainly a few players, Rob, but I would imagine one or two that are going to walk into a starting eleven, and I think mm. that's been the knock or the criticism on the the last three transfer windows for Rangers that, that that you know especially the start of the season you know normally the sun's shining and you're walking in first day of pre-season mm. there's a couple of big boys in there that are now starting 11 players and the and boof, yeah. the, the the bar the, the standards go mm. uh, and and they're raised so that's a chance for Rangers this season I believe they'll do it you talk about some disappointing transfer windows for Rangers, but they reached the Europa League final. They came within a one penalty kick of winning it. Yeah, so yeah. that speaks for the the quality they already have, doesn't it? Yeah, well, look, I mean, the 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 job that, that I think Giovanni um, managed to do when he came into the football club, um, you know, plus, again, you, 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 you do have to give credit. It's not always about going to spend five, six, seven million. No. 
You know, uh, Kamara for fifty thousand mm-hmm. was it was a great investment. Bassi was what two hundred and fifty maybe in terms of the a rebo much the, the same. Like and, and Bassi's a, he is a twenty five million pound player now. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to cost the club to to prize him away from from Ibrox. So there's been a lot of success stories there, and you're right, Rob. To get to to, to the Europa League final um, was was an incredible season. Mm-hmm. It really was. I mean, they would have been disappointed because domestically in the league, that was a disappointment. There's no doubt about that from the position that are in how do you, throughout how do you, the season. How do you explain that they got so close to winning a European final and getting straight into the Champions League group stages next season uh-huh. and yet came up short domestically in the title race? Yeah, it's, look, it's sometimes um, it, it can be very hard to, to explain. Um, but there is a clear difference, Rob, to you know your domestic football to the European stage. Mm-hmm. They're, they're completely different games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where Rangers domestically, uh, you know, you're expected to dominate or you're always having to try and break down a team that are sitting deep. That's not the case in Europe because, you know, you're come up, coming up against teams that, that have real belief mm. in themselves mm-hmm. and have stature and have presence and have players that can hurt you. So they're, they're different type of games. Uh, but the disappointing thing, I think, for any Rangers supporter was the position at the start of the season, the position going into the winter break to then not go and win the title. Yeah, I mean, John Suter is going to be a big player next season for Rangers, isn't he? You you saw that uh, last night in the quality of his, his performance for Scotland. You saw it in the Scottish Cup final as well. Um, he had very little game time, training time under his belt, uh, and yet he was still one of the best players yeah. on the pitch. It's going to be a question of how they fit that in next season with Conor Goldson staying as well. And they'll yeah. hope that your £25 million man, Calvin Bassey, is staying yeah. as well. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, if someone comes and, and spends that type of money, I think we're all realistic to understand yeah. that, that, that that's the point at which they sell yeah isn't it? 100% um, but look I'm I'm actually quite excited by uh, you know Suter and, and Goldson I mm-hmm. think you know delighted that Rangers have managed to secure I think it was for another four years mm-hmm. because yep. we all felt as if he was <laughs> if he was yeah. leaving um, I feel as if that's a very very strong uh, centre half pairing Bassi we know can go and play in there plus you've had Lundstrom that was kind of that hybrid position he was mm-hmm. dropping in there Sands we're not sure. Mm. I'm still not sure because no. he's he's very Lundstrom-like in terms mm. of the way that Giovanni's asked him to play, but he's he's not at this stage Lundstrom level. Uh, he's Lundstrom light. Yeah, 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 and again, but sometimes that just comes on on the back of games because mm. it, it took John Lundstrom a bit a bit of time to, yeah, to to find his feet and feel comfortable within himself. I guess what happens on in terms of incoming will be influenced by outgoing. Um, and we don't know for sure. We can speculate all we like, but we don't know for sure that anyone is going of the big players at Rangers. We don't, but I think um, I think they'll definitely be looking for a wide attacking player. Um, you know, I think on the left is okay, but on the right side, uh, I, I think Rangers will be looking to, to strengthen. Um, you know, maybe a, a creative kind of, you know, because Haji, I don't think we can put too much expect. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back after an ACL. So I, I automatically push that back another year mm-hmm. because it takes time to come back from that type of injury. So I believe a creative kind of player um, that can make the difference in that final third is, is something that Rangers will look at as well. Time flies when we're talking football. <laughs> good to have you back on the show. Good to see you. And uh, we will speak soon. Uh, and I'll be speaking very soon with Peter Grant because he's on the show tomorrow live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go! 
There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.